Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. Right now, I'm going to uh, welcome David Smith. He's a Washington correspondent at The Guardian. Morning, David. How are you? Fine, thank you. How are you? All right, thank you. So the United States Senate uh, Republicans have blocked aid for Israel and the Ukraine. Why? Um, well, a couple of reasons. One is um, you're seeing a decline in support for Ukraine, um, especially among Republicans and to an extent uh, the American public, according to uh, opinion polls. Um, I think just a general wearing down and, and impatience about how long the war against Russia is taking and uh, the Ukrainian counteroffensive this summer uh, not being quite as successful as uh, some people hoped. Um, and of course, you know, among the Republicans, you have isolationists and people on the the Donald Trump wing who do not want to be involved in foreign affairs in that way, or, or maybe even be sympathetic to, to Russia. So that was a factor. And then, secondly, um, this particular bill for one hundred and eleven billion dollars that the Senate was considering. Uh, 50 billion of that was security assistance to Ukraine, um, also some money for Israel, but uh, but also part of that bill is around uh, border security, and um, Republicans don't think that uh, Democrats and Joe Biden are willing to go far enough yet on, on toughening border security with, and immigration, which is a, a huge issue uh, for them. So, um, the, you know, f- for now they were blocking it and, um, you know, Democrats would argue that the Republicans are trying to hold them to ransom here and that they will only pass the Ukraine money if there are strict new uh, border restrictions as a, as a kind of trade-off. This sounds, it sounds completely amoral. You've got two company, you've got two countries that are very much in need of that assistance. And somebody trying to, who knows, um, but you're attaching a U.S. border policy change to that. I mean, they, they, are they not separate issues? Uh, yes, uh, many would uh, many would argue so. Um, uh, I, I mean, they could all be put under the umbrella of uh, national security yes. and. Uh, you know, they're linked to the extent that um, there's a constant fear, I suppose, of uh, terrorists and other undesirables uh, crossing the the border. Um, but uh, they've kind of been rolled together in a in a package, and in, in the hope that uh, partly, you know, uh, that would that would help persuade um, Republicans to um, support uh, Ukraine if they felt they were getting. Uh, some border security funding as as well, um, but uh, but but right now uh, that seems to have just led to a uh, a gridlock, and um, uh, you know it, I think it probably would be more sensible if they were the separated out. That uh, the fear then, however, is that uh, if there was a standalone bill um, on Ukraine. Um, too many Republicans now would uh, turn against it. Uh, maybe not so many. Senate Republicans, um, who are sort of holding to the more traditional Ronald Reagan line um, of uh, national security and 
deterrence and, and so on, but certainly within the House of Representatives, um, there's a growing faction of Republicans who are uh, of the sort of the Trump mindset of uh, why should we uh, send this money uh, abroad? Um, so there's a there's a there's a sort of theory behind this that uh, if you get Ukraine, Israel, and the border together, there's there's something for everyone. Um, but but right now it's uh, it's not really working out. That's really interesting. I mean, we have a situation here in in uh, in South Africa where often I look at, you know, often our politicians are so busy representing the interests of their parties, they forget that they're actually there to represent the interests of the people. And I get the feeling that this might be not something unique to South Africa. What's your thought on that, David? You know, I'm really sorry. This uh, this connection is uh, is not very good. So I, I couldn't quite hear what the question was there. Would you, would you mind repeating? No problems. I was saying in South Africa, often we have political parties who are so busy representing their own interests of the party that they f- that they fail to represent the interests of the people. They represent the interests of the politicians rather than the people and my sense is that this is not something unique to South Africa was that better the question yes, is I, the question is, is you know what your thought on that is uh, yeah um, I think that's a that's been a problem for time immemorial the world over hasn't it and I, I suspect in, um, in in ancient Rome the, <laughs> the, the Roman senators were accused of uh, um, behaving in their, their self-interest um, and uh, it, it feels it's become particularly acute in recent years in uh, countries such as you know where I'm from Britain with, uh, with with Brexit and deep dissatisfaction with government and and certainly the United States where um, you know one or two court rulings allowed money to flood into politics uh, more than ever and, and really in the you know the Donald Trump era of the last uh, seven or eight years you're seeing record high levels of dissatisfaction with um, politicians in general and you know, members of Congress uh, in particular um, a rise of politicians who uh, for, the, for whom it's kind of performance art and uh, they're more concerned about making a splash on social media and going viral than they are passing uh, legislation or you know, working through the, um, the old uh, structures uh, in the U.S., we've just had the expulsion of George Santos, a congressman from New York, who uh, was a fabulist, who just a, a serial liar with uh, yeah. myriad ethical problems, mm-hmm. and um, he's still facing a, a, a court case. There's a he's a Republican. There's a Democratic senator charged with uh, having uh, taking bribes from Egypt and having you know sort of gold bars um, in in his house. Um, and uh you know this is this is all quite dangerous this uh, this perception that uh politicians are acting uh in their own self interests rather than the public um has really you know, fed a lot of discontent and um uh, a craving for um you know, a, a demagogue um someone who will someone like trump who claims to you know drain the swamp and uh shake up the system and um, you know 
bring bring radical reform um, and uh, uh, yeah, who knows where that uh, ends and uh, <laughs> you know, we may see that again in next year's presidential election where even though he's already been president once uh, Trump again is uh, arguing he's going to drain the swamp and uh, deconstruct the, the administrative state and, uh, and, and, and so on um, that kind of populist uh, appeal uh, really resonates um, with, um, with a lot of people so interesting. Personally, I'm trying to work out whether it's exhausting or entertaining. <laughs> uh, yeah, as uh, as a journalist in Washington for the last eight years, uh, pro- probably both. Um, uh, yeah, there's um, uh, you're just trying to keep in track of you know, Donald Trump's tweets uh, for for years uh, was pretty exhausting um, in in itself um, but uh, it's, it's kind of throwing up uh, some cartoonish characters and uh, in a perverse kind of way that, that there is plenty of entertainment um, as well uh, ne- never a never a dull moment well I suppose you know charisma is how they get elected in the first place let's face it democracy allows somebody with no skills other than charisma to get elected yeah absolutely um, and of course, Trump has been a fascinating case study as someone who uh, became famous nationally on reality television through his show The Apprentice, and that really and he's created the illusion of a successful businessman. And you heard voters say, "You know, uh, I want him to run America like a successful business." Uh, that reputation has taken a bit of a, a battering in various court cases where. It turns out uh, you know, Trump is accused of fraud and inf- inflating his assets and maybe is not as successful as we think. Um, but he's still a, a, a master of uh, television, uh, the camera. Um, that will stand him in good stead. Um, and, uh, you know, he's likely to the Republican nominee, uh, probably more charismatic than the other contenders such as Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. And he'll be up against Joe Biden, um, the incumbent president, who is uh, 81. So, uh, as over his uh, concerns over his age, um, probably you know, fair to say, a less charismatic personality than uh, Bill Clinton or or Barack Obama. Um, but I think he has a certain appeal as um, you know. Ordinary Joe, um, with working class roots. Uh, people like the fact that he's not an overly polished uh, politician. Well, um, yeah, yeah. It's an unpredictable election coming up. Well, what's your thought? I mean, I see what the BBC is covering: Hunter Biden being charged with um, nine counts of tax evasion. Do you think that that will have any impact on the election next year? Um, probably a, a minor impact. Um, it doesn't necessarily, you know, drag Joe Biden down so much as at least, uh, neutralize Trump's, uh, legal problems. I think, um, again, it feeds that perception of, uh, all politicians are the same, they're all corrupt, or, so, you know, their families are, are all corrupt. Um, and it, you know, it certainly gives Trump a talking point. Uh, remember, he's facing 91 criminal charges for jurisdictions next year. Yeah, don't uh, worry. We elected a president in South Africa. We elected a president who had, I think, 172 charges of fraud and corruption against him. 
before he became right. the president, right? Yeah. Yes. No, I, I remember. Um, uh, and of course, it, Trump. Uh, Trump argues this is all politically motivated. Uh, he's the you know, victim of a deep state plot, and and so on. And uh, I think certainly you will hear him argue. Um, well, um, you know, why concentrate on my, my legal cases when uh, Joe Biden's own family uh, has uh, tax evasion and corruption problems of, of their own, and, and that will be amplified by uh, right wing uh, media. So um, that's yeah, so interesting. It's, uh, I think it's a, yeah, it's, it's yeah, a useful tool uh, for for the Trump campaign. Yeah, David Smith, thank you very very much. I wish you a lovely relaxing weekend. And uh, thank you so much for your time. That's David Smith, Washington correspondent of The Guardian.